0: and welcome to this month's UK Scriptwriters Podcast with me, Danny Stack. Um, usually I have with me uh, Tim plague but he's not with me this month because it's just too far too darn busy. Uh, but I did manage to sit down and have a virtual online cuppa with uh, writer Jo Ho. Jo is a the creator and writer of CBBC's Spirit Warriors from a couple of years ago. And she's now doing a lot of very exciting things for film and tv so i did want to um not do a podcast this month and leave a gap so i sat down with Jo to chat about her and her writing career so far and what kind of tips and advice she could give to uh, us and to uh, anyone just thinking of starting writing so here it is and i'll uh, probably speak to you at the end cheers hello
1: how are you i'm
0: very well how are you
1: I find this is so weird! <laughs> is it? <laughs> to have met someone online and then to the Skype call, it's very strange. I like it. Technology is amazing. Well, I, I pounced very
0: quickly. No sooner had I spotted you on Twitter.
1: I know. I haven't really been very good on it. I've just like, recently started to try to really you know, utilize the sort of thing properly. So it's already been amazing. I started the blog only two days ago, which is obviously very kindly tweeted, um, which I've now confused everyone because I've changed the address. So.
0: <laughs> oh, you, you've moved on to Blogspot now, haven't
1: you? Yeah, because the one I did before, it came with my hosting website, but it's not very user-friendly and it doesn't really allow you to do it very much. So yeah. I played around with it yesterday and moved on to Blogspot, yeah.
0: No, that's it's great. I mean, the reason I tweeted your blog was I, I noticed that you were just blogging about writing and your own kind of career. Yeah. Which is always very valuable, I find, for people who are actually just kind of getting on or getting ahead.
1: Yeah, but well, well, this, is, this is the reason for doing it, because, um, you know, obviously I'm usually quite busy, but I was thinking in my downtimes do you want to... It's always nice to give back something when you can, and I just kept thinking, when I started, I could have really done with people who, you know, these kind of articles, or people who could have just told me what it's really like, Um, and a lot of the things that I did find out about, it was really more targeted at America, so there wasn't really at the time, this was, you know, eight, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, and there just wasn't much written about screenwriting in the UK at that time that I found. Exactly, yeah. You know, and I know it's changed a lot more now obviously you've got your brilliant podcast and stuff I just thought, you know, I, I'm self-taught and I came from from you know, like a council house or whatever and you know, my parents didn't even finish school so it's very, very, very uh, a crazy career choice for me yes. I just think if I can do it, then other people can do it and I just wanted to inspire people and let them know that, you know, you don't all have to have trust funds, we don't all have to come from film school, you know <laughs>
0: Exactly, exactly, well I'm, I'm looking at your amazing bio um, <laughs> So I'm just going to pick out a few highlights, but then kind of go through it from the beginning, if, uh, if we can, if you'd, if you'd like to. Yeah. But just a couple of things that pop out immediately, you know. Um, winner... so I'm
1: being recorded now, then. I don't
0: know how this works. Oh, we've already started, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, because, you know, you're just too much of a natural. You phoned me. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, women, or sorry, women, women, winner of the Women in Film and Television's New Talent Award in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. In the same week, and nominated for CDN's Best Breakthrough Production Talent Award. Yeah, I didn't win that one. What What is CDN?
1: It's a Cultural Diversity Network. It's a very big network. I think it's a, they set it up because it was tricky for sort of minorities to get in and and sort of do big, make big waves. So it's it's kind of one of those things. They set it up, and all the broadcasters, lots of companies are involved in that one. Yeah. Um, so I mean it happened very very fast all of this uh, happened at the same time so it was kind of crazy it literally was I think it was Monday might have been like the Monday I heard about women in film and television and then I think the Thursday I heard about the other one. Yeah. So it was, it, you know, I mean, I was still high on, on being, um, you know, the women in film TV thing, and then I was told that this other one was coming up as well. So it was a very crazy week because uh, I had lots of award shows in a very short space of time, and I hadn't been to any before. So they were all amazing. The women in film TV one was fantastic. Those ladies really know how to do this. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Well, the the main uh, one that sticks out, obviously, is a uh, creator and writer of Spirit Warriors, the CBC right. show from a few years ago. Yeah. So that that's amazing. So this is all around 2009, 2010, really, all of that kicking off, is it? I think so. Was
1: yeah. it? I don't even know. It's all a blur. It's all a blur. I, all I don't blur. even know.
0: <laughs> it's like, what year are we? Well, Spirit, Spirit Warriors, for those who don't know, was the uh, a sci-fi adventure uh sci-fi supernatural adventure, cu- crouching tiger, hidden dragon for kids <laughs> in the set in the UK, basically.
1: Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. And and it was uh the first thing i did ever done. I had previously, um, which if anyone reads the book, I, I had um uh previously what uh, uh, uh tried to set something up at Channel 4 and it very quickly got picked up and then very quickly got stopped as well. So it was like a bit of a non-starter mm-hmm. and then I had a period of lean years, so there was a good, I don't know how long now, maybe a good three or four years where I had a full-time job, and I was just writing in the evenings, in my lunch hour, on train travels, you know, backwards and forwards to work, uh, trying to get things set up, and then Spirit Warriors happened, uh, when was it now, I think it was 20... Twenty-eight. I think it was twenty-eight, twenty-nine, and that that, that sort of went into C- um, uh, CBBC, and they were interested. Yeah. Um. And then, uh. And then it took about a year to get a firm to get a green light. So, I sort of went through an audition process, which I, I sort of liken it to uh, X Factor, where you just have to keep you know sort of jumping across all these different hurdles, and 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 uh, and basically kind of lasted about a year, and then, yeah, then we got the green light, and then it was all, you know, then it was crazy, it was all, all guns, you know, all gun ho and then, uh, so basically from conception of the project to actually being on television was only about three years, I think it was, or wow. something, which is very fast, because, I mean, the first year it took time to sort of get to the point where we got the green light, but as yes, soon as yeah. that happened, you know, everything else kind of seemed to happen very quickly. Well, especially uh, as a
0: converted commas, new writer, which yes. broadcasters are very, kind of, uh, uh, normally wary of, or hesitant to, kind of, commission. Yeah,
1: um, well, they were, and um, and the one thing that frightened, well, there are a few things for them that frightened them about me, was, uh, one was that I was young, I was completely new, I hadn't even done an episode on a soap or something, you know, I hadn't done anything before, yeah. um, and then on top of that, this show, because it's a fantasy, it's a sci-fi fantasy, so, Basically, about 2% of it took place, uh, you know, um, in London and 98% of it took place in this fantastical uh, Chinese, like ancient Chinese spirit world. So yeah. it all had to be built in a studio and there was loads of CGI and it effectively was, I think it was one of their most, not the most expensive show they were making at the time. Uh, so, um, so it's a lot to gamble on someone who's new. Um, and then, you know, and uh, yeah... <laughs> And then also, you know, uh, about 95% of the cast are Chinese or East Asian descent, so yeah. you know, we don't get a lot of that on TV either, so well. I think uh, there was a lot of risks with, um, you know, going for me, but I'm I'm really, really glad and grateful that they did, um, and it was a bit shaky, you know, at times when I was going through this, it, you know, a lot of people sort of didn't think it would happen, and it was never about how good the project was, it was just that it was going to be so expensive, you know, such yeah. a big... Spectacle, but uh, I've always I've always believed that if you can just come up with an amazing project that people really love and they get behind it, I just keep you know I just always have faith that it will happen. Like it might not happen now, but yeah. it will happen because I always think you know talent rises to the top. Hopefully. Yeah, good well, exactly. good timing. <laughs> you
0: well, I think the most assuring thing, especially for people who might be listening, is the fact that you know a brand new writer can get their own series off the ground. Um, it does happen, even in prime time. We've seen it with Death in Paradise on BBC. Yeah. Uh, CBBC or for kids stuff. Um, I think it's probably more common, but it is still rare. Um
1: yes. So that's a and, nice you know, and I think um, there's not, and uh, you know, um, and it's it's sort of the quota for women uh, writers is, is a bit lower, obviously for male writers as well. And I think you know, I hope I hope that you know this sort of encourages more women to go for this as well, really. Yeah. Because mm, we just naturally, I've been reading this amazing book called *Lean In*, but women just naturally are less confident, you know. Um, so. It, does, it means that although we may have the ability, we don't always push for things, you know, or we, we're afraid of pushing for things in case we're seen as not likeable because we're right. too driven or, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. So I try not to worry about all that.
0: <laughs> well, let's rewind a bit because, I mean, that's all very interesting and exciting. I definitely want to talk more about it, especially maybe how much you've learned and how much has changed since. But let's, let's rewind in terms of how you got started because you say... You say you're self taught. Yeah. So, what would you say that means exactly when you're self taught?
1: Um, well, the way that I mean it is that I didn't go to school, I didn't learn this on any courses or anything. I, I literally decided that um, uh, when I decided I wanted to be a writer, I was 25. I've been working in film production for a couple of years yeah. and, uh, and basically. Um, you know, all the films I was, I was killing myself working all these films because you will be getting paid no money. You're doing crazy hours, and at the end of it, you know, you're just hoping to see the film that you've participated in and helped create. And uh, most of the films I worked on were low-budget independent movies, and they never saw any like releases. So really, we didn't get to see any of the films that I worked on at all. Um, yeah. And then um, I remember reading one of the scripts and uh, of this next project I was going to do, and it wasn't great. And I remember just sitting there thinking, well, surely. I can do better. I I was younger then, so I used to think things like this. You, okay. know? <laughs> so you have crazy thoughts. Where you think, I, you know, I'm an avid reader. I used to read three books a day. You know, I was crazy, crazy bookworm. I'm sure, sure, I, surely I can do better than this. You know, exactly. and literally with nothing more than that, um, I, uh, I I sort of locked myself in my room um, at the same to try and study uh, screenwriting. And um, at the same time that this was going on, The West Wing had just come out and. I just remember some, from the pilot, I was absolutely hooked by that show. I'd never seen dialogue like that, act, you know, and um, you know, directing like that, or, or just the, the writing that was on that show. I'd never seen anything like that before, Yeah. Definitely. and uh, I was completely hooked by it, and, and I just thought, you know what, this guy, knows, Aaron Sorkin knows what he's doing. Uh, let me shut myself in my room and study the show for a month, you know, try and get the scripts if I can, but just study it for a month and see if I can figure out how he does what he does, the way that he does it. Um, And then, yeah, and then literally a month after I came out and wrote a short film script and then wrote a feature script after that. So, And then I moved on. After I moved on and studied the West Wing, you know, like like a lunatic, Uh, then I went on to study Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was the other show that I I absolutely adore. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I did. And I appreciate it. it sounds a bit bonkers, but um, I was broke and uh, had no other opportunities. I, you know, I didn't have any contacts or anything at that time. My family don't come from this at all. They, you know, they ran a takeaway, so um, yeah. So, so uh, had no, um, yeah, no contacts and no other leads. So this was all I could think of. That was and it was free. You know, it was on telly, um, and you could try and get the scripts online. Exactly. So that's kind of what I did.
0: Well, that, that's great. But it's interesting that you kind of had film production experience. Um, yes. I presume it was kind of assistant roles or just runner roles of some description?
1: Um, I it was I, you know, I am bonkers, I have to say this. I've just had to point this out to people. This isn't necessarily the way you go about it, but I was one of the people who I just you know, I was young and I believed I had ability and I was just gonna go for it, you know, and I was just so happy to get any jobs um that I would apply for anything, so I got makeup jobs, um, and I didn't actually have makeup artist training, but I had a degree in art, so I figure if I can paint on canvas, surely I must be able to paint on faces. Yeah. Um, so you, you're getting to know a bit of what it's like in my crazy head now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is what happens in my mind, I can do this, yeah. you know, um, and uh, refuse to think about the failure and, and the... You know about me. You know not making it, um, and uh, yeah. And then I, you know, I was a location scout on one thing. I production managed. I went in as a co-producer on something, and then assistant producer on another thing. And I literally just phoned and was eager and keen and willing. And I just think, you know, I think people should never underestimate that. You know, if you go in and you're bright and you're keen and you're willing and you're cheap, <laughs> you know, people are gonna, you know, people hopefully should hire you. You know, or will. Well, Yeah, and that's kind of what happened with me. And I I did um, sort of go after any opportunity. I was always looking for things as well. So I never just sat there and waited for anything to come to me. You know, I was always hustling, uh, trying to get on stuff.
0: Well, it's it's one thing we go on about on the podcast and even on my blog um, quite a bit in terms of getting involved in the industry in some way first just to kind of learn and to meet people and things. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I just think, because I think it's so... This is what I thought. I mean, at the time when I got the film production jobs, I I didn't know that I wanted to be a writer then. Um, I mean, if I'm really honest, I didn't really think about it until I'd been in the film a couple of years because it just seemed like, you know, it it was the equivalent of me saying I wanted to be an astronaut or something. It just seemed like such a big goal. Uh, Coming from my background, um, I had no idea how I could achieve that. So... You know, I didn't have the confidence to pursue, to even think about what it was that I wanted to do. So I just threw myself into the production work. But I did think, you know, regardless, even though I didn't know exactly what I I wanted to do, I did think the best thing to do is get get myself on films, get myself on TV shows, see how the whole thing works, see how it's made, um, see, you know, see different sides of it. So I learned the sort of enhanced production experience. Uh, and then I started writing. Around about the same time, I also started temping at uh, some of the biggest talent agencies in the yeah. UK. Yeah, So yeah, like yeah. Um, independent, which was ICM before, I'd worked there for a year on and off um, as a floated temp. So so then you got then I got to see the whole agency side and how that works as well. Yeah. Um, and I just find everything's very and you know, everything's invaluable because you know I didn't really know how anything worked, so I just threw myself in it to try to learn, but through experience really.
0: But I mean, it's interesting. Did you find any of that kind of getting those kind of jobs difficult
1: in Um, terms of access? Well, yes, because like if I just asked for them, you wouldn't get them. If you just sort of, Like, if you phoned up um, ICM at the time and said, oh, hi, I'd love to work here, um, you probably, you might have got sent in the CV, but you probably wouldn't have, you know. um, And, uh, but what I did um, was I thought, well, they must use temps, you know, because their assistants have to go away sometimes, you know. So I phoned up all the temp agencies and asked if any of them supplied temps for ICM. And then the one that did, I joined and said, I want to work for ICM. Can you get me in? And they did, you know. So Perfect. so I always go about... I always try to think, you know, outside the box. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. A
0: bit of savvy and a bit of common
1: sense. <laughs> <goes along laughs> I think it's it. common sense. It's just, yeah, well, maybe it is, yeah. If you want to work for a company, you just want to find out all the ways you can get in,
0: right? Well, exactly. I mean, that's what happened for me at Channel 4. I worked there for four years. Basically, um, started off just temping with the agency that provided their
1: temps, and that was it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and yet, you know... Um, I mean, that's a brilliant one because these jobs aren't usually advertised unless it's a full time. But they're not usually advertised on things like Guardian, are they? I don't think, you know, so. Generally not, no. Yeah. So usually it's usually if there's a job available, someone tells a friend and the friend comes in and gets it, you know, or it's it's who you know, really. Exactly.
0: uh, And and recommendations then of did you have a reliable temp? Can we use them again? Exactly. Yeah. well, that's that's great. I mean, I know you've just blogged about getting your first break. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but seen as a only your second post. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you now to kind of take us through it in terms of you've done your film production work. You've um, you've bowed down at the altar of Joss and Aaron.
1: Oh my God! Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so now you're ready to kind of get going. So how did you kind of, you wrote your first feature? I wrote my
1: first short film script. Oh, first short, yeah. Yeah, and uh, at the same time that I was studying the West Wing like a lunatic, um, I'd heard about a, a writing scheme that was available. I don't think it is now, but um, it was called TAPS. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, I'd heard about it. Um, that would be fun, and someone I'd known had been on it. So um, so I just thought, oh, well, you know, that would be great. Because if I remember, I can't remember, it was a while ago, but I think it was free. I think it didn't, co- oh, it didn't cost very much. I can't remember now. Um, but, uh, but but anyway, um, but to get on to this uh, sort of weekend um Writing a sort of how to course. Um, it's, it was only a weekender, um, and, and uh, but basically they just sort of said, "Oh, you know, he um, had to write a short film script, and then if they, they, you know, and then they would pick, I think, thirty people to come along and do this weekender with them." So I'd already written my short film script, and I think I'd actually already written or started writing a feature script at this time. Yeah, and I just thought, "But this is all stuff I'm making up. This is all stuff I just got from watching shows and reading other scripts. I hadn't." I didn't really know any rules or, or structural rules or anything. It was all very instinctive, what I was doing. Uh-huh. So I thought, you know, I really could do with getting a real proper, you know, sort of taught background or something or structure. And, uh, yeah, so I got on to that. Um, but amazingly, pretty much everything they were saying, as I said, it was only a t- it was only for two days, I think. So, you know, there's very limited to what, uh, to what they can um, sort of teach you anyway. And they were great. But I did find uh, uh, that uh, almost everything, or it's not everything that they were saying, I'd already gleaned from watching the West Wing and studying those (laughs) things. You know, so it's because these were all the basics, you know. These weren't sort of um, very, very sort of, you know, these weren't things that you had to pick up later down the line. So, yeah, so I had actually learned all of that anyway. Um, But the one thing that did do for me, which was amazing, um, was one of the guest lecturers was... Uh, An award winning um, old school uh, TV producer. Um, And he, as part of his sort of guest lecturing, he had and he would read everybody's short film scripts. um, And he really liked mine, he really liked my writing. And so he came up to me as an aside and just sort of said, Oh, look, you know, I like your writing. Um, I think he got something and then he said but I don't I'm not interested in short film scripts Um, and I don't and I said I'm I'm writing a film script and he goes yeah I'm not interested in film either (laughs) Um, and then he just said but I do have a a very long career in tv I'm interested in doing more tv so he said do you have a tv idea I could look at and uh, I said yes and then I said something along the lines of let me work on it. It's not, you know, let me just go over it again uh, or tweak it and then I'll I'll get it to you next week because this was, I think, on the weekend or Friday or something and and then he said, okay, great and then I did go home and had crazy panic attack because I completely lied. I didn't have anything. I you know, apart from the short film script and the feature script, this has all happened so fast I didn't have time to even try to think of anything else. Yeah. Um but this guy was really well known, very successful, and I just thought, you know, when opportunities like that come to you, you can't You know, you can't let them slide. You can't turn them down. So I said yes, and then I went home and spent the weekend frantically coming up with an idea. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and obviously it's not perfect. The way it's written is not perfect. But at this point in time, he only cares about the idea and the the potential, you know. Um, And so I knocked up an idea, sent it to him, um, and then, yeah, he really liked it. um, But he had a business partner, so I had to meet up with the business partner as well. And sort of pitch it to him and see if he liked it, and then he liked it too. So basically, from a very quick turnaround, I had a, a TV project and also two producers, um, very successful producers. Um, and so that was kind of crazy. Um, but this this wasn't Spirit or War Warriors. Was this it? wasn't. This was. This was no. This was about five years before Spirit Warriors. This was crazy. This literally was about two months after I started writing. Right. <laughs> So, you know, I don't want anyone to hate me because it, it all has bad, sad endings. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not one of those people who just got so damn lucky, you know. Um, yeah. Um, um, and, uh, yeah, so th- th- this was very, very fast for me even deciding to write to having this happen. Um, and then we went into Channel 4, pitched it, got a commission uh, very quickly. Um, so I was just, you know, I mean, I was only, what, 20, 25, 26 is the first thing I've done. Um, I was too afraid to even call myself a writer at this point because I was so new, um, and, uh, but then suddenly I had a TV drama series commission in Channel 4 with these two producers, I didn't even have an agent, um, and uh, yeah, you know, I thought I'd need it, <laughs> I went, and then I came home and did, um, you know, fantasy real estate online thinking I'll buy that house, no, I'll buy that house, <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> Crack open the champagne, so what happened then? Oh, well, then what happened was about two months later. So this is all an extraordinarily quick turnaround. Um, So I started, I think I'd done the Bible for them, and they were very happy with that. And then I I moved on to the script, the pilot script. And so I was writing the pilot script, and then suddenly got a phone call from my agent, and she was furious, and she just said, I don't know what the hell's happened, but your show has been cancelled. And I said, what? You know, and she said, yeah, I'm trying to find out. No one's telling me anything. And, uh, and I thought this is so odd because it's not that I'd handed in the pilot and it was crappy or something. I, I hadn't even finished writing it. So all they had was a Bible, which they had loved, um, or at least said they loved. Um, so it was very strange time to stop, um, you know, a, a show. And, uh, we never actually got an answer from them. Um, and, uh, I was obviously crushed um you know because from being this overnight success that I thought I was going to be yeah uh, I had nothing then after that um and then um and no more leads So didn't you know so it, it was quite a crazy you know journey um and then it wasn't until a couple of years ago I was speaking to somebody at Channel 4 and they told me I think I remember that I remember your show and they and I said well he goes I think he goes you know what I think happened and I said no please enlighten me. And uh, and apparently at that period, uh, they were making some very big cuts. Um I I guess, you know, they you know, some some issues with budgets or whatever, but so they were making some very big cuts. And essentially if you weren't a sure thing, you were you were asked. Yeah. So you know, so if you were Paul Abbott or whatever, you were safe. But yeah. if you're a complete new girl who who hasn't done anything before, you're only twenty five, you know, you were gone. Um, so um yeah, so that's what happened. Yes, and. Uh,
0: but you did get an agent then,
1: it sounds like. Yes, I got an agent, yeah, because we need an agent to broker the deal. Yeah.
0: But So <laughs> did you approach one or did one approach you?
1: Um, I approached a couple, um, and uh, the ones I approached weren't interested. Um, wow. And then uh, in the end, my producers got me an agent that they liked and said was very good, and she represented lots of the sort of old school, you know, great writers like Troy Kennedy Martin who did, um, you know, the Italian job yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff so, so, so she's very, she's old school and she, she's fierce, you know and uh, so so I, I sort of signed with her um, and uh, so that, you know, that was a good thing for me to get my agent, even though the show didn't happen and, you know, I, I suddenly you know, I was on the cusp of being someone you know uh, sort of a success story and then it all sort of disappeared. I mean, the thing the thing that everybody laughs about, which is very sad, but it's also very funny, is that literally about a month after this, because I managed—I think the money lasted about a month—and then I had to go back to temping. And uh, so I went back. I phoned my agency and said, "Oh, hey, I'm available to temp again." And they said, "Great, we've got a job for you." Yeah. And uh, and it was at Channel Four. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so and the thing is, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I was broke. I needed to be paid bills. I needed to do it. So um, yeah. So I. You know, a month after I had a TV series with them, I went back in as a temp. <laughs>
0: That's hilarious.
1: I know, but they didn't know who I was. I was. It wasn't the same department. It was a sort of, sort of. I think it was the film department actually. Um, but they're all very close together. But I did think, well, you know, I'm here as a temp capacity now. I'm not here as writing girl. So I'm just going to be professional and do do my temp job as well as I can. Yeah. And not try not to let you know the crushing shame of it all. Yes. <laughs>
0: Now, around this time did you um you've you've written and directed a couple of short films. That was later, yes. That was later. So um so Channel Four didn't happen, that fell apart. You still have yeah. your ag- you still have your agent but and you go back temping.
1: I back into something, and then nothing happened for a while. I wrote, I started writing feature scripts, yeah. um, And uh, but really, you know, the first couple of scripts, you know, especially for me because I, you know, I, I was just learning with every single script, you know, as we all do actually. Until you know, we should like keep learning as we go on. Um, but uh, I, I'd written a couple of features, um, and I'd had odd meetings here and there, but there was no real interest, or there wasn't anything, you know, there was no real bites. Um, and then I, uh, I went, um, I had to get a full-time job because, you know, as as growing up, you know, I was around, you know, I was in my, le- sort of, I was 27 or 26 or something and I just thought, you know, I can't keep temping forever, I've got to, you know, and I wanted to buy a, a, a buy a home or something, so I got a, a full-time job at a company, um, and then bought a flat, um, but the whole time I did this, I was working, every single weekend writing. I was writing every single week, weekend, most evenings, you know, if I wasn't collapsing, I, I was writing, the, and I was writing on the train route, train ride um, to and from work, yeah. and uh, lunch times, you know, when everybody else was going out, I, I bought sandwiches from home, and then I just sat on the work computer and started, to, or, you know, trying to figure out notes or whatever, yeah. so, wow. uh, because I was just aware, you know, this is not going to happen if I don't put in the effort, exactly. really yeah and I didn't have a partner or or parents who could support me or help me in any way mm-hmm. so when you don't have that comfort blanket that safety blanket either you know you're a bit out on the edge and so so I just thought that I really had to go for it and I had to i had no time to waste really um so I sort of did that and then um but then after a couple of years of working there um I realized I was just I was just so unhappy you know it wasn't you know a job the job for me you know I didn't sort of fit in with people there because and, and really my heart was in writing and I, you know, I felt stifled being in this office environment all day long. Um, and then I suddenly decided, you know what, I really want to make a short film because uh-huh. I'd always wanted to, but again, it's the whole confidence thing and, and the fact that I had no experience and I mulled over it for several months and then I told I told my best friend, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, making a sh- one of my short film scripts into an actual film, um, but I have you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I have don't have much confidence because um, I've never done it before, and then she just said, you've never done any of the things you've done before, you've never done writing before, you've got a commission at Channel 4, you know, she said you've never done films before, and then you were co-producing something, and she said, that's never stopped you, why would it stop you now? <laughs> so I thought, well, oh, blinding. she's right, you know, <laughs> so, so yeah, so then I sort of pulled together some money um, to shoot my first short. Um, and, uh, and and uh, and and you know, was really grateful to some friends who helped finance it. I mean, it was for hardly for anything. It was, I think, in the end, it was about fifteen hundred pounds right. or something. But I wanted it to look epic. You know, I had a proper DP, a great DP called Chris Maris. Um, I had a hospital location Great. and I, <laughs> I had a truck full of lights you know and uh i had a mini dv camera so i didn't have like a fantastic camera mm-hmm. but i figure you know i couldn't control that but i could control the rest of it and make it look good um so uh yeah so shot that film um and then about a month later because of that film i won funding from film london Oh, brilliant! yeah as one of their pulse um their Pulse uh, scheme, which is their short film funding scheme. Yeah. Um, so about a month after I finished Isolation 9, which is my first short film, um, I got funding to do my second short film. Um. This is all while I'm working full-time, by the way, so it was insane. Um, because I had, I think it was 23 days um, off work that I could have a year as my holiday. Uh-huh. And, uh, and what I kept doing was taking Fridays, like days on either side of bank holidays, so I'd have a longer stretch from a break. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then using those days to, to do pre-production, shoot the film, post-production, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a crazy time. Fantastic. Well, it, it sounds
0: like, you know, from everything you've kind of tried to do, things have happened for you. And um, so if you ever start a production company, I'm coming straight to you. <laughs> because you get things done um, by hook or by crook. And, and that's a very good thing. Yeah, because, you know,
1: it'll happen. You know, it may not happen now, but it's going to happen. <laughs> well,
0: well, I always find with, um, you know, little conversations like this, either um, talking to someone or listening to another podcast or whatever, it always sounds like, oh, great, that just happened. But there is a lot of hard graft in between. Yeah. And there's a lot of ups and downs in between.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the message that I want to get out to people. is like, you know, anyone can do it. If you put your mind to it, you can do it. But you do need you know, the timing has to be right and you do need a bit of luck because, um, it, you know, it, it's 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 always, we'd love to say that, you know, if you do something amazing, it's always going to get made. We all know that's not actually true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're in the business on enough, you, you know, because otherwise, why are all these not very good movies come out of Hollywood, you know, um, and then, um, but at the same time, um, I just think, you know, if you really go for it and if you really, um, you know, just work really, really hard and, you um, You know, you you'll get there. You know, because it's perseverance, isn't it? Perseverance and talent, and you know, will pay off. Um, And one, I met this um, a producer a while back, and I remember this was when I was very very low. This is just after um, I think a a couple of years after the Sea thing had stopped, and you know, so I was working full time, and I just really wasn't sure how I was going to get out of it and become a real writer. Uh And and I met this uh, lovely producer, very experienced, um, and she said to me. Um, because she read my stuff and said that she thought I was very, very talented. So she And then what she said to me, which really, really sort of hit me, was um, she said, if you just imagine it, she goes, she goes if you imagine every no that you receive is just a delayed yes. You know, she goes, if you just imagine that for you, when you get a no, that's a delayed yes. Yeah, she yeah. Goes, that's going to carry you through. You know, because she said, if you sit there and think it's an actual no, you're going to get very depressed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she said, but I've seen your writing, I believe in you, you know, think of that, you know, and it it will help, and it really did, because every time then when I did get no's, you know, I just kept thinking, it's just a delayed yes, and maybe it's just denial, but it helps get you through, you know, whatever helps get you through, is what you need, and, you know, and I always tell people now, when I talk to them, you can get a thousand no's, you can get a million no's, but you just need one yes, you know. That's all it takes to change. Yeah, you know, you need one yes, and then you don't know where that's going to take you. Oh, but after the yes, you've still got to work like crazy. You can't then just, you know, <laughs> sit there and coast. You know. Well, um, this this is it. I
0: mean, um, for Spirit Warriors, for example, yeah, you no, know, a new kind of unproven writer getting their own series, and you wrote the majority of the episodes.
1: Yeah, I wrote. Uh, I think I wrote three in the end, but I did work on others and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. because we had a very short time frame as well for doing it. And they're they're obviously terrified already because I've been unproven. So everyone's terrified that I'm going to fail and not make a deadline. But actually, you know, they just didn't realize what I was like, because I've never missed a deadline in my life. Because I will kill myself before I miss a deadline. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm like. But I mean, in terms of just,
0: you know, the euphoria of getting the show commissioned, but then facing the kind of prospect of the work. Yes. uh, Was there a kind of a moment of panic or did you just dive in and just go with the flow and... You know, or and just face up basically.
1: Um, I think immediately that it happened or you you get the yes, and you know it's going ahead. You're just euphoric, you know, you're celebrating like crazy. And then about a week later, then then it really hits you. Shit, you know, <laughs> I've really got to do this. I can't fail. You know, I've got to do my best. So. Um, and then I think about I had maybe I had about a week of utter self doubt, you know, where I was just terrified. I was on the phone every night to my best friend. She was like my shrink, and she just kept picking me up and saying, "What are you doing? You crazy? This is what you wanted, you know?" Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I think so. After about a week of um, self doubt, then there just wasn't time to be doubtful, you know. Then you're just working like a crazy thing. And then I just I just threw myself into it, and I I thought, you know what? It really just depends on how you think, you know. If you want to focus on being fearful and and worrying about something, that's going to be your life for the next couple of months. And you're, this whole opportunity is going to pass you by and you're not going to enjoy it or learn from it. So I just thought, this is the best experience I could ever have. Um, you know, And five years ago, I could I never imagine something like that would happen. So I just thought, I now have to be very grateful, very thankful, and just utilize the opportunity and, um, and learn, You know, learn from all these experienced people that I'm working with. Because all the writers on my show were way more experienced than I was. I was the most unexperienced person there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, with the whole production of it, you know, from
0: inception to kind of delivery, I think, was about a year and a half or, you know, just shy of two years anyway. Yeah. And that was a, an amazing turnaround, especially with all the effects yeah. that had to be done and all the rest of it. So I would imagine that it was very much like a writer's boot camp for yeah. you in terms of, you know, the reality of having a series and just having to, live to deliver scripts and then probably rewrite them to some practical issues and all that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and, like, and the, 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 the sort of amazing thing is because I had the most scripts to write, but I was also sort of doing bits and pieces on other things, um, and then overseeing the whole thing um, it because I was very you know I was very determined that it wouldn't be cliched or or you know it wouldn't do some of the things that I see on TV and I just didn't want to be annoyed by anything I wanted to be as authentic as possible yeah so um, so I was quite hands on and they were very happy to have me hands on on there because they they were you know the guys that worked on it they were all brilliant and you know everyone uh, they really did care about the show they really wanted to do it to the best of their abilities so you know so that was fantastic. Um, but uh, I mean, for me, in terms of actual writing, the actual process, it was insane because I'd be writing the pilot one day, and then I'm sending the pilot off for notes from the producer and the director. Yeah. And then, as I sent off the pilot for, for notes on that, then I'm writing my next episode, you know. And then when the next episode, and then when the notes came back for the pilot, the pilot, I'd stop writing the next episode, which was episode nine. So I work on one to nine. Yeah. And then start work on one again. And then when one's done again, send off the notes, then, then nine's gone to notes and then I start doing stuff on ten. Or maybe I'm doing some, some stuff for some other things. So it's quite insane because you have to be able to separate your brain and sort of keep the whole timeline and time frame in your mind and just know exactly which, which storyline, where you are in the storyline um, yeah. the whole time. So I did find, you know, I mean, you just do it really, I think. Um, but uh, I did find that tricky at first. I can imagine
0: but i mean now that the dust has settled a bit yeah in kind of cool retrospect what do you think was the most valuable thing or even things that you kind of got out of it from writing and you know has your writing changed now do you think in terms of style or attitude schedule routine expectations all that kind of thing
1: my writing seems to constantly change every year because i i just keep trying to improve it you know and uh you know, and, and and obviously, it should hopefully get better with experience. Um, but I mean, one thing hasn't changed is my voice. I think my voice always comes out very clearly on yeah. my projects. Um, and uh, but I think the most sort of the most in, uh, sort of um, the best thing for for me on the show, apart from just you know it being my show and all the other stuff was was learning really really getting to grips with structure i think i think that was the big thing that i i struggled with that a bit because i used to i never had an issue coming up with characters or storylines but structure because it's a very definitive thing you know you um i used to do it instinctively but not necessarily know why i was doing things Mm -hmm. and so so through the process of spirit warriors i was able to to actually know why these things were being done at this point now, instead of just instinctively putting an in inciting... I would put in inciting incidents when they need to be, yeah. to not necessarily know they were called that, if that makes sense. yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, so that was very insightful. And to learn also, um, because this is the BBC, so they do things in a very structured way, so that was all very interesting to see how... how you know, people who do this daily, um who do this for a corporation or a broadcaster, this is how it works, you know. So that was all invaluable experience.
0: Fantastic. I'm interested about um you saying there that you always knew that you your voice was <coughs> excuse me, your voice
1: was good rather than my own voice right there, sorry. <laughs> <coughs> um I'm Because was what people be- told me all the time. So, you know, I didn't quite understand what that meant at first. Sorry, say that uh, again? I missed that. Sorry, it's just that's what people told me when they read my stuff. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. For me, you know, this is just how naive and you know um, inexperienced I was. I wasn't even clear on what that meant, really. Um, but all the meetings I was having, people were sort of saying, it's very difficult to have a voice, and you definitely have a voice. And I thought, fantastic! And then I just never knew what it really meant until now.
0: <laughs> and, and if you had to kind of describe that voice in, in sort of any kind of way, what, what would you say? Because it is a kind of a vague kind of term that some people kind of fail to kind of um, or struggle to kind of understand in terms of what does that mean, original voice? Yeah,
1: so I well, see- I think for me it's just, it's something that rings true, it's sincere, it's it's characters that you really can click with, that you understand, you know, and when they behave a certain way, you know, you understand the way they're behaving, and then when you're at, with your actual writing on the page, you know, it leaks off the page, people just, I think, you know, that's what I take to mean, but they really have a voice, you know, when mm-hmm. you have not really have a voice, it's just that it it's not, Sort of pedantic or formulaic, you know. It really comes off the page, basically. So you can see these characters and these stories, and you can believe in that world and you can see that world.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad you said that instead of saying it was just a dialogue style or something. <laughs> because because that that's the obvious thing that people will go to sometimes. It's just oh, really? like oh, your your dialogue's really funny, or you know, your your dialogue really is quirky. And especially yes. especially if you've been heavily influenced by Sorkin and Whedon. Yes. You know they're masters
1: at that, aren't they? Yeah,
0: that kind of quick fire repartee and irony. That's, and not, that's what they're known for. But you know, let
1: not—they are fantastic storytellers. You know, they create amazing characters and worlds and and storylines. And you know, they know how they know how to punch you in the gut with with their you know with with, what, with their stories. And and uh, I just you know, and they are mostly known for their quick fire you know sort of dialogue, but. You know, outside of that, they're just terrific, terrific screenwriters at the top of their game, really.
0: Well, I, uh, I think Sorkin is actually better at structure than he is at dialogue. Yes, <laughs> you just write, you watch one of his flashback anything, yes. uh, and it's just incredible the way he does it.
1: I know. I don't know how he does it because uh, this is the other thing that I do, which people always laugh at me about. Because um, my agent keeps lately like, phone conversations. My agent keeps saying to me, "Will you just slow down?" Because I, I literally said to him yesterday, "I think I need to do another script." And he said, "You just finished one like a week ago." Yeah. I said, "Yeah, that's a week ago." You know. I don't I need to start something else now? And he, and he just sort of said to me, "But you've already got three other things going on." Yeah, slacker. <laughs> but I just keep thinking, you know, it's it's this whole. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's it's poverty thinking from my background or something. You know, I just I'm unable to sit here and and sort of relax. Really, I'm always thinking. You know, of the the next thing or the next big thing, and uh, I just find it all very funny. Really. (laughs) Well,
0: you got to keep moving, don't you? You got you got to have new stuff on the go as a writer. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I know you've got a couple of shows in development now. Yes. What can you tell us about them?
1: Nothing. Nothing at all. So, no, I can tell you something, it's not fair. um one of them is a medieval action-adventure, very, very cool, um, and uh, originally when I uh, created it, it was more sort of Hunger Games meets Game of Thrones, so we were calling it Hunger Game of Thrones, yeah, uh, so, <laughs> just being my, my subscript editor producer, you know, because we are a bit bonkers, you know, things like that make us laugh for about an entire evening, you know, so... Yeah you know we we're a bit geeky basically and um and then uh but it's sort of since changed so it's more Hunger Games meets Buffy now um and uh and we're just looking for a home for it really because that's a sort of very big epic um big budget series very expensive. <laughs> so, good, so. good. Yeah, yeah, these, these, these things make me um, sort of. But I never think about this. It's always when I when the stuff goes out, people come back and say, "Do you know how much is this is going to cost to make?" You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I always laugh and say, "Yeah, but that's not my problem, is it? My problem is to try and deliver the best show that I can or the best film that I can." You know. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, you know, you fantastic, you know, producers and finance finance guys are gonna gonna figure that out somehow. You know. Um, and uh, yeah, so that one is waiting for at home. So we'll see if we can get someone. That's with. Um, Um, Morgan O'Sullivan and Jane Spinn. And they work together a lot, but they're mostly known um, as the producers of the Borgias and Vikings and Camelot and the Tudors. Um, Very, very cool. They've done tons of stuff. Um, So that's with them. Great. Um, And, uh, yeah, so so we're just trying to see if we can get a home for it or something. Um, And then the other show is a U.S. uh, Supernatural show um um set yeah set in the US um and that's with a couple of US producer really producers. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Very, very cool. One, and one, one of them was the one of the producers of the Lord of the Rings, as you know. Yes. Yeah. Believe.
0: Yes. Mr. Rick Horace, the <laughs> yes. man the legend.
1: Yes, um fantastic guy. Um so I, I do you know, so one of them's with him um and there's another producer on board who used to be uh sort of a fantastic agent and he knows everybody that's Gary Pearl so I'm working on that one with them. That's very early days, um, so not that much to tell you really, except for, you know, what I just did. It's on Uh, the go. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully, you know, I need to finish it. I need to finish the Bible, plan it all out, and uh, I think, you know, and hopefully they start pitching it very soon around the networks over there.
0: Amazing, amazing. Well, it's been a a breathless but a fantastic um, chat.
1: it's breathless.
0: Thank you so so much. Thank (laughs) you. Any kind of final tips or kind of advice for anybody? Say all those kind of people thinking I can do this, but I'm not. I'm not quite sure. uh, Or any kind of um, any revelations you've had over your uh, writing career so far? I think. I mean,
1: one of the big ones because I get a lot of people coming up to me saying that you know they want to be a writer, and I always say that's great. How much stuff have you written? And usually it's nothing. (laughs) Or usually they haven't even finished one thing, and I say okay. First thing to do is to finish something, you know, finish something, because that feeling, that accomplishment, it, you know, it's amazing, and that experience, you know, you know, you, you sort of, it's just invaluable, so I always say, sort of, um, if you want to be a writer, the first thing to do is write, um, because bizarrely, lots of people don't, you know, they'll spend a long time studying, reading books, watching stuff, and doing all this research, but, but the hardest thing is to keep your bum in that chair, you know, to keep yeah. your butt in that seat, and to actually write. So I always say to people, you know, finish something first. You know, finish it and then and then try and come up with something else. Um, and what's the other thing I'm thinking? I think that's one of the big things I'd say to people. Just, just,
0: to... just keep on going.
1: Yeah, just keep on going and, uh, you know, not necessarily listen to other people who sort of want to knock you down. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, you know, and they don't do it on purpose, but this is a really hard industry. I do think if you think this is what you want to do, you have to be sure this is what you want to do because it's so difficult. It takes so long. Um, And, and, you know, I know we all hear these overnight, these real overnight success stories, not me, but uh, the actual ones, you know, where you you always hear the trade, someone's just done this script and it's gone for two million, you know, that's amazing. And you sort of think, oh my God, that could be me. What you don't usually know is that actually they've been working for that for eight years, you know. Um, And that's before they got their overnight, you know, success story. It was eight years in the making or 10 years in the making, you know. Um, so I just I do think you know if this is what you want to do you have to know this is what you do want to do and then just fully commit to it Um, and and just you know read everything watch everything and then write every day write every day right do you you must I mean I've seen some of the stuff you do very
0: cool thank you Uh, yeah but it's the same kind of deal in terms of just you know whatever's going on just get on that chair and write every day yeah. Or or what I like to say as well, which I actually don't think I've ever said in public before, so it might sound a bit pretentious. Um, if, you, um, if you can't write every day, because sometimes there is the, you know, practicalities of I'm in a meeting, I've just been in transport, so you haven't written anything, try and be in the world of story every day. Yeah. So yeah. either be thinking about something, be reading a book, be analysing structure, something yeah. that, that keeps your mind sharp to the world of story
1: that is pretentious. You Thank you very much. <laughs> that is what I say to it is true. When I say write every day I don't I don't actually I should actually quantify that and say that I didn't mean actually sit here and write every day. I mean that'd be great if you could, but you obviously that's not you know realistic isn't it really especially if you've got a full time job or you've got kids or whatever Um, but that that is also when I say write I mean the whole process of writing so just as you said you know be in the story world or make notes or think about those characters maybe you just come up with backstories for them or their history or just think about or even you know um, researching scripts reading other scripts it it all helps it all gets you to the same end goal exactly Yeah. well
0: there you go Thanks again to Joe for that uh, great chat. It was very uh, lively and interesting and packed with lots of uh, useful tips. Um, you can find Joe on Twitter at Miss Ho. And you can also find her on our great new blog, which is joho scribe.blogspot.co.uk. So that's J-O-H-O scribe, uh, so check her out and um, she'll, she's tweeting and blogging about um, writing and it's, it's well worth a look and um, hopefully later in the month we'll be back as normal with Tim with another UK Scriptwriters podcast so thanks again for listening and downloading and sharing uh, you'll find us on Twitter and Facebook at, as UK Scriptwriters and we're on iTunes just search for UK, UK Scriptwriters but if you want to get in touch if you have any questions or suggestions, just email us at ukscriptwriters at So thanks a million, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye!